I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm your host. I'm a comedian. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything. That's why we're here. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes. It helps. It gets it so other people can find it and more of us can learn questions, answers to our questions. It's early. Listen. Just leave me a review. It makes me feel good. It helps other people find the podcast so they can have all their ignorant questions answered by me, uh, the leader of idiots over here. Thank you so, 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 so much to all the new subscribers. There have been a bunch of you in the last couple weeks and reviewers. It's just the best. So you guys are awesome. Shout out to my best idiots forever. Gene and and Patreon. Gene and Kathy. Yeah. I had a coffee, but apparently I need to. Um, If you want to join the Patreon, you can get postcards bonus episodes other cool stuff patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed all one word no hashtag in there on the blessed thanks to all the new patrons uh all right uh little shout outs for where to see me doing other stuff you can check out my new show twitch makes a movie streaming live on twitch every wednesday starting at 4 p.m pacific uh me and buddy hutton former guest of the show and my friend slash dumbwits comedy extravaganza partner uh along with a crew of awesome talented people write cast shoot and edit and put out a least a rough cut of a sketch and or extremely short film within five hours so you can be part of that process and we do it along with the help of the viewers so it's interactive come throw out a topic throw out a genre give us some lines to include in our sketch so uh yeah do that twitch makes a movie you can find us at twitch.tv slash dumbwits that's d-u-m-b-w-i-t-s uh go ahead and follow that page and you'll get notified when we go live if you want to see me live speaking of which jmscomedy.com slash shows to see when i'm coming near you or see where i'm out in los angeles doing stand-up uh you can see me tonight if you are in the burbank area it's june 25th 2019 i'll be at flappers at 7 30 doing an opening set for Steve Ranazizi, who is running his hour that he's going to be doing at Edinburgh French, so it's different than his normal stand-up. So that'll be cool to see uh, new stories and new stuff uh, from him in a whole different light. So come to that tonight if you're around. Um, If you want to see my one-woman show that I did at the Edinburgh French Festival last year that is way different than my stand-up, much more personal, much, uh, much different mediums, you can see it July 7th for free at the Comedy Central stage in Los Angeles. If you can't make that for 10 bucks, you can come see it at the Comedy Store on July 22nd. And you're like, well, why is it 10 bucks at one and free at the other? Because um, I fucking need money and uh, it's a ton of work. So if you could just help me uh, afford the venue and maybe to feed the people who helped me make the show possible, that would be real cool. Now let's get into the guest. You guys... We're talking about Iran this week. Iran, Iran, however you want to say it. Uh, Been in the news a lot with Trump and everything. People are talking of war. 
Um, I'm pretty sure one of the people in charge of Iran said that our president suffers from mental retardation or something. I saw an article. It definitely said mental retardation, though. Uh, So I'm quoting, uh, which is fun. You know, that's, you know, they're not wrong, probably, but I don't know. I don't fucking have the qualifications to determine that. Anyway, my guest is Gilda Gazor, who is uh, an Iranian immigrant. Um and has traveled to Iran in her adult life. She studied there. We talk all about that. Um, Her family's from Iran. And this podcast was recorded uh, a little bit ago. So it it doesn't... We didn't go into the war talks too much with the recent news because they hadn't fully happened. But we do talk about uh, the issues you run into uh, in America having to deal with uh, being Iranian and the ignorant stereotypes of that that uh, comes with that and she uh, went over there as an adult and studied and traveled around you can check out her Instagram at stories of Iran for pictures and info on that and um, so we go into the culture there a little bit and she's uh, I think going to take another trip so if you have follow up questions um, maybe we could talk even more about it let me know what you think about this um, there's plenty of ways to do that ignorance is blessed podcast at gmail.com or just join the Facebook group uh, ignorance is blessed idiots ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots excuse me um and shoot your questions in there. Uh, all right. Well, no further ado. Here it is. All about Iran. Stories of Iran with Gilda Gazor. You guys, I'm here with Gilda Gazor. Did I say that right? Yeah, I, Gazor. I nailed it. It just occurred to me that I didn't uh, even ask you how to pronounce it. I just knew your first name and I read your last name. You did amazing. Most people say like Gazor. Gazor. It's amazing how yeah. simple that things can seem that being said what we're talking about is what i would have called iran um iran iran, iran. it's a, is that the correct pronunciation is iran i think so and is yeah it's iran iran is just like a really rednecky american way to probably iran yeah iran um, and in Persian, it would be Iran. Iran. is It It sounds racist when I say it like that. <laughs> if I go, oh, are you from Iran? It's aggressive. It, I just I always throw think in it's the like, accent. Um, when people are like, so there's a whole thing with, do you speak Persian or Farsi or are you Persian or Iranian? So like in the eight, people came here in like 1979 because of the Whoa. Iranian revolution happened. Right. Do you know what that no. is? No, what is the, there was a revolution? Are we just like getting into it? Oh, we're going deep. We just dive in, yeah. So in 1979, there's a revolution in Iran, which it used to be a monarchy ruled there was a king. by a king, Shah. Shah just means king in Persian. King Shah. Uh, so his name was Shah Pahlavi. Oh, is that what that last name means? Uh, Shah means, well, I'm, there's that show Shahs of Sunset, yeah. which means like kings of sunset. Oh, is any of the last name Shah? Maybe people it. have the last name. I've seen Shah. the last name. Anyway, it doesn't They're matter. probably not kings, though. Like, don't go dating no. like a I'm just like, guy oh, you're like, a you're king? A, just, you're a descendant of a king. Martin Luther King? <laughs> Start dating, guys. Um, I have a, a bit where I say, um, my mom named me Gilda after the mis- mistress of the king. And uh, she, and I was I, you know, at first I was young and I didn't think about it, but then I was kind of like, wait, 
what? Why? Like mistress? And she's like, oh, she was so beautiful. She lived across the street from me and the king would come visit the mistress. And she was like blonde and blue eyed and she was gorgeous. And I was like, but why not? Name me after the queen. Yeah, like the one that got them the rock. Palace. Yeah, like I want the house, and she was like, "No, she was a real love." And also, like, blonde and blue eyes. Is that Iranian, that was, or was she just like? Yeah, a- there are Iranians who are blonde and blue eyes. They're like Kurdish mostly. They're from the north. Oh, so Kurds! They like different. Yeah, they have is different- Kurd. A Kurd is a. Race are a nationality. Yeah. So in Iran, there are five nationalities. So like, I want you to go for it. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to think. Good. Because if you were going to be offended, this was the wrong place. Yeah. It's like none of that. Because I think most people try to pretend like they know about. And then they don't learn anything. And then they also just actually don't know. And then that actually. And they're like, aha, yes. The the Kurds. The Kurds. I know I hear Kurds and I think of the cheese Kurds from A&W. So I'm like, I know that I Thing. It's just like a fried piece of cheese, and I'm like, that is not what they're talking about on CNN. No, for sure. So, um, There's five nationalities. Yes, Kur- the Kurdish Kurds. people are in the north. Kurds. Oh yeah. Oh, you're gonna test my my knowledge now. Do you know? There's know. Azerbaijani. Oh, I think I always like, called it Azerbaijan. That's probably fine. I because I can't um, read. They're are these like states? These are like nationalities, but they're not actually states because they're just um, all one country. So and they were never able to divide, which is what they actually all want to do. So this is all in Iran. This is all in Iran. Turkmenistan is not a... Uh, Turkmenistan is like a place, but Tur- Turk... Was it ever a country? Azerbaijan's... Oh my God, I'm going to sound stupid now. This is oh my gosh. No, it's fine. Um, Let's just kick it back to you for a minute. Like your yeah, life. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Cause you know that I taught this stuff. I, I was a professor. Yeah. For how I long? Where? For two years at Southwestern Law School. That's amazing. Um, I'm just like secretly trying to Google this shit. Cause then I'm going to get my, you know, my viewers get very upset about this stuff. When you're, if I you're have wrong. like followers who are like diehard, like knowledge about Iran. And then I'll just post something like the Azerbaijanis. And they're like, you didn't give any credit to like the, uh, the Turks. And they're actually, da, da, da. And I'm like, and everyone's oh, so sensitive. Oh, yeah, so I get it's hard. Thing. Okay. Um, wait, so you're Iranian American. Is that the correct way to, Absolutely. so your pa- did are your parents came over here from Iran in 1979. So they the came because of the revolution. They came. Most people came here in 79 when the revolution happened. So, so there were like, like a million Iranian Americans in the country, California. Oh, in California. Yeah. Or even just Southern California. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's so it was in America. So there really wasn't a lot of Iranians here, probably. No. And then people were like, just fuck like this in king. Iran. The, no. So there's a revolution, um, you know, conspiracy theories, whatever. CIA, U.S. sends troops into Iran. Oh yeah, Argo mobilize. Yeah, Argo. <laughs> I hate Argo. So Argo Is shows the scene of like the car going through and people like banging on the car and people. Like, That's Is all. That what's Iran is like now? That is what I think Iran when you is go like. There, it's like terrifying. It's, it's like not at all like that. 
It's not at all like that. No. Because I feel like the news, every, anything I've ever seen is just a bunch of people with signs. And I'm like, what is this angry mob? Why are they still angry? With Someone sign, feed no, them. Like I'm no worried about even, them. No. And then people think it's like a poor country. It's actually really a wealthy country because they are rich in natural resources. Like they have oil and petroleum and gas and gold and uranium and like uranium. all these resources. Uranium, which they're Whoa. using for their nuclear weapons. Oh, nuclear weapons. So wait, if you went to Iran, you would be a celebrity. So I feel like you I would just be a move celebrity now because you're like blonde. Oh, I thought you were going to say I would get stoned. No, no, God, no. It's the opposite of that. It's like Iranian people are the most kind hearted people you've ever met. They're warm. They're loving. They're hospitable. Like if they're eating something, they will share it with you. There's I no like there's no. Yeah. Like I, I. There's all sharing. Yeah, no, it makes sense because every uh, like Iranian friend I've ever had or person I've met has always been so friendly, you know, like a normal, kind human. But then you just look at the news and you're like, I guess these ones I've met are the odd ones out. Right. Because no. the news is all sensational. Well, the news sensationalizes it and they show like this one-sided image. And that's not like, you know, we have kind of like we're always villainizing Iran in the media. But like yeah. just recently, a uh, uh journalist from Iran who grew up in the States. Um, I think she's an African-American Muslim woman. She, I I don't know her name. Um, She was a press TV journalist for Iranian. I was actually, I hosted a show on that same network. It's like Iranian national TV. It's an Iranian network? Yeah. And they have women host? Yeah. Wow. You just have to be covered. Like, you have to have your hair Hair covered? covered. You you can show your face, right? face it's not get makeup done it's not like the full full like covering like what like i hear Saudi of afghanistan Arabia, afghanistan right but this is just like it's called a hijab which yeah. means you cover your hair so on a regular day my hair would be covered but i'd still have my bangs out if i was you can still have bangs out i would have my bangs out and it'd be fine yeah that's kind of fun um i don't think i've ever seen your that hair <laughs> is covered and then yeah i know if you have a scarf I could show you. Um, I mean, I I've seen like it. There's a there's a lot of Iranian and various Middle Eastern cultures at my college, but oh, so I've seen wear, the look. Yeah, like but hijabs. Like when I did the hosting of the show, my hair had to be back and it had to be like fold, like no hair can show, no hair, and okay. no nail polish. So like nail polish, lipstick, makeup. It's all technically forbidden. But could, you did you do makeup? Your, so you couldn't do makeup so on? So I would. I would get makeup done, but it wasn't like I couldn't do bright red lipstick. It had to be natural on camera makeup? Correct. So it had yeah. to just be like, no, this is just how my face but looks. it looked like, I mean, I had a full makeup You're like, this is makeup. job done. But um, sometimes I'd go heavy on the lips and the, the director would be like, okay. Okay, you need yeah, to like Or like back. the thing. But when I did my talk which was also like in a public place or whatever. I had the bangs and I had red lipstick and I had red nails and it was fine. But TED talk, right? You yeah. Did a TED talk? I gave a That's... TED talk, which was probably one of the best experiences. of. Were you giving life. it on being from Iran or what was it? I on? gave it about this trip that I took. Yeah. I took a trip over the entire country by myself to All alone. uncover Iran. Yeah. How old were you when you took the trip? Um... I mean, 32, maybe? Yeah? Were you nervous? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Was that your first time ever going there or just your first time alone? So I have kind of like my stories that my dad... um, So my family came over to the U.S. My mom had me 
and my two older brothers were Iranian, born and raised yeah. in Iran. Revolution happens. My dad had already bought this home in Piedmont, California, which wow. is like super white, affluent. Everyone like went to Harvard or Stanford or, Yale or whatever fancy. law school, yeah, medical school. They're all like lawyers, doctors, whatever. My dad um, was my dad started a brand of kitchens and cabinets in Iran. So he was an entrepreneur. He's 96 now, but so like in the, I don't know what year exactly he started, but um, he created kitchens and cabinets in Iran for the first time. Like the cabinets you have in this. Like he revolutionized that. Absolutely. So he modernized Iranian kitchens, basically. Yeah, it didn't exist. The cabinets and kitchens existed in Germany, but it didn't exist in Iran. And he like brought that there. And he brought it there and he built these cabinets and it became a brand. So like Gazor brand in the home. It's like Whirlpool or whatever, right? Wow. So like in in Iran, is it still like... It's still goes. Huge, yeah. It's just that like since then they had like cheap stuff. Yeah. So his was like... You know, expensive became the higher whatever. end. But during the seventies, my dad was kind of like he was part of like the Rat Pack type, like equivalent in Iran. Oh my god! And so your dad's the Frank Sinatra of Iran. Kind of, <laughs> basically, I know. I wonder what's gonna happen when later people. But I see old photos of my dad, and he's got it's like they're black and white photos. And he's wearing like these cool suits and like Whoa. cool hair, and like my mom was like beautiful. You know, like she, I. I see photos of my mom when she was 30 and she like I feel like garbage like she's wearing like mini skirts with like boots to her thighs oh my god she's, like you could do that queen I know but I'm like oh I'll wear my Uggs today well that, she's like always in like that leather. was also 70s like mod fancy yeah god I want to dress like that all the time though it's, it's so much bad. energy well also but you realize like we were just talking about before we started how we're like running errands or going around town like not making an effort to be attractive yeah and it's also like uh, my youth is going away and so it's like I think there's like all this other time to be attractive later yeah but like um there might not be yeah so I just want to like no I know that's why lately I'm like I need to just like go all out now because like this is kind of it like I feel like yeah like I noticed like even my eyelids getting a little wrinkly and I'm like, oh, maybe oh my I gosh, need to, like be, but just, but like enjoying it while we have it. Yeah. Just Cause like, it, why not? Yeah, I do. I go to festivals and I wear like crazy carnival outfits. Oh, I've been just dressing crazy on stage. Like I don't care anymore. <laughs> I've like been covering myself in glitter and I'll put on a fur coat. I don't give a fuck. I saw your show, but I've I just, think that that was also, you were like, that's like a, a role. character version okay. of my it's a version of me, I guess. But like, you know, it was very much that outfit was. That's not what you wear for your. No. Stand-up. Although I guess I could. Um, well, you're, so miniskirts in Iran. Yeah. So in Iran in the 70s, it was like kind of like Europe in the 70s. There was no difference. Right. And like the king was like bawling out. He was like, let's fly in caviar from Paris on a private jet for our parties. And meanwhile, like people were like in the rural areas of Iran who were uneducated, were like suffering and didn't have food and didn't have money. So there's huge economic disparity, huge gap. And like the Shah's like, let's like, you know, make it better for the rich. And so my family was part of that. So they're like, sweet. You know, they're like, chill. Yeah, they're like enjoying it, right? Yeah. Like, okay. They're like, I'll get another you know, car. Yeah, like loving life, whatever. And then uh, American government's kind of like, oh, we don't want Iran to like get ahead and they have like uh, petroleum there. Like, let's uh, send in some CIA troops to like 
act as mobilizers of these people who are pretty pissed off in the oh, area. Sweet, so the government stirred that up. Our government was like, let's go and like get these people really mad. Yeah. And like help them revolt. Revolt. Bring down the regime. The United States did that. Bring, yes. Because the United States didn't want anyone else having power things going well power patrol being a first world country yeah and also i mean that's just kind of how they are in general everywhere right and then they have so iran isn't just uh it's rich in natural resources the land is very rich which doesn't happen like if you go to like malaysia now it's like people like still live like in the jungles right it's like yeah it's it's not like everyone is so rich in natural that's so interesting too because when i think of iran i think of desert correct but it's absolutely not. It's like varied um, geography. Wow. And climate. So you could be, it could be like um, February and in the north it's freezing and snowing. Yeah. And it's mountainous. It's got all these mountains and it's beautiful and it's lush and it rains there and they've got all this agriculture because they've got this northern climate which is uh, It has like wet, seasons, yeah. Of water. And you could at that same time in the south it's the Persian Gulf and that it's like a beach and it's sunny and people look different in the whole country. In the North, they could be like, okay, excuse me, I'm better. In <laughs> <laughs> the North, they're like blonde, blue eyes, light skin. And in the South, they're like dark, almost black looking with like curly black Yeah, where hair. it's like sunnier. Like, yeah, and they yeah, have like yeah. different bodies and different skin and they look different in all these different regions. It's like those wow. kinds of things. The desert's really just in the middle. And the desert is kind of... I took two desert trips. We went to two different deserts and it was kind of the raddest experience I've ever had. It's like being in an ocean that's made of sand. Sand. But the whole country is not like that. And then the people are really resilient. So um, everybody is kind of the characteristics of everybody in Iran is based off of where they are. And so well, what I was going to before I get to that is that Iran is a desired location also uh, geographically because in the north it borders the Caspian Sea which is across Russia yeah. and in the south, south you have the Persian Gulf so these are both like harbors ports um, you know you can like it, they were they had a silk trade route you know and it's like they had all of this because of where they were located yeah so it was bringing in wealth I mean way before like industrialization right? yeah just because of its location and in terms of protecting itself it's like well it's got the border on the it's north, natural it's borders the border on the south and it has either can make allies or enemies right yeah with those countries and so it's really positioned well and if they are powerful that's not awesome for america so america's like oh let's like reduce their power so let's go mobilize them so they go mobilize them small dick people people revolt yeah because america's like 200 years old it's like super insecure yeah it's like oh we were just born like why i just like have to make the most noise i had to pause it because i am an idiot no um Okay, wait. So, so Iran is uh, geographically well positioned. It's uh, has a varied climate, and it also is rich in natural resources. And if that country gets too powerful, then that's not good for countries like America. And I was saying, like America's like a newborn baby, just being like, "Wow, we're like two. We want to be the best." But like I, when on this trip, I found, you know, the civilization that like. It, first signs of civilization was found on like Iranian soil or like Persian soil. There was like bones from 8,000 years ago. 
Whoa. skeletons, you know, like in the fetal position, like in the ground, discovered in Iran. Like you go there and you find like clay pots from 4,000 years Wait, ago. Wait, like you fi- found them? Well, I didn't find them. They're oh. like on display. Oh, I was like, you excavated no, I, I think I would be. I was like, what are you doing here? You should be at a museum like or a, rich like or. National Geographic like, or something. Uh, yeah. No, so I didn't discover them. I just saw them like they're on, on display. Because they've been we, found where You go to like an American museum, like what's on display? Like. Art what dinosaur from they other, borrowed? Art from like other countries or stuff they borrow and bring. Yeah, America and stuff is like is really not, they have this really mm. deep, rich history, and it's beautiful. And so, I had grown up in Piedmont, California. Yeah, in the seven in the eighties after yeah. the revolution. Yeah, and um, my dad was this like guy in Iran he came to America when I was two and I was like who's this guy and my mom's always like oh it's so funny he used to like put his shirts and ties in the toilet and like run toilet paper across the hall and I'm like I think that that's like oh so he wasn't here the first two years not the first two years oh he was still over there yeah and then my mom thinks it's like funny that I was like who's this stranger and you're like, yeah, no, I was trying That's to protect like, us like, and I'm a two year old. You're like, there was a strange man in my house that I had never known. She always like laughs about that story. It's like a cute little thing I did. And I'm just like, um. You're like, I was scared. <laughs> but then he was there until I was eight. And then he went back to Iran to stay because then he realized like he couldn't manage his business from far away. So he had to go back to Iran. So he went back to Iran when I was eight. And it was just you guys and here? He stayed and it was my family in Piedmont. Which was also like a, a different place because there were no other Iranians. And like most Iranians migrated to L.A. Ah. Um, maybe some in San Francisco, but not much. But like so most like, of them came to like L.A. So you were like a, Orange like County, a white LA. neighborhood. Yes. Very white and affluent. And it was in the 80s when like there was like a war between like Iran and Iraq. And also there was like Desert Storm with Iraq and yeah. the U.S. So people like when I was in elementary school and middle school, kids were like, your dad, Saddam Hussein. God. And like what? Like, yeah, they would call it me Saddam Hussein rider. from Iraq. Yes. Saddam okay. Hussein's Iraq. guy that we Sorry. killed from Iraq. Yeah. Which is the neighboring country, which Iran also went to war with, which Iran was so, like enemies with. Because people probably get them confused all the time. That's got to be frustrating. Yeah, less now, but when I was a kid, it was all the time. I just thought it was all like, I just lumped when I was little, and I didn't know, you know, Iraq, Iran, and Afghanistan. I was like, yeah, just those countries. Like, I just yeah, like lumped them together. together. And so like, different. And to me, it's just like, it's all deserts and people who are angry with signs. <laughs> like, yeah. And no, I don't know if I ever even saw people with signs. Dude, there's not a huge protest. I feel scene. like they've been using just the same same one clip that they got somewhere. Like, <laughs> it's. I'm trying to think of, yeah, because I remember there was this like green movement after the there was some election and like they said that it was rigged, and so I was scheduled to go to Iran and go to law school there. You were going to go to law school in Iran? Yes. Would that have been valid over here? I did go. So later I did go. But I was like scheduled to go and this green movement happened and they would show on CNN like this one like firecracker which made it seem like it was like a bomb or something. And I was like calling my mom like my mom was there. I was like, oh, I don't think I come. She's like, "Uh, what? It's fine. And I was like, I got to see for myself. So I went and saw and it was like totally fine. Oh, wow. So my dad lived in Iran when I was eight and he would come visit every summer yeah. And he would get there and I'd be like, who's this? You know, and it's like, come sit on my lap. And I was like, weird. And then like, I don't he, know you. Yeah. And then like at the end of the summer, I'd be like on the airport floor, like crying, sobbing, 
dad and then you'd like turn for the final goodbye that's when you could like go when you could walk gate. through the airport yeah now it's just like security or like yeah now you do, like curbside yeah you're just like curbside get out hug bye <laughs> all right bye fun. oh um, wow yeah so then that whole I listen to like all your podcasts where you talk about like abandonment and all that stuff so yeah. I feel like yeah there's some stuff there but anyway so he would go um and then he would visit every summer and I start we started going to visit him when I was like 10 um 11 and 12 how's your first trip over were you like nervous were you no I don't think so I was just like I was 10 did your parents tell you about Iran a bunch growing up I don't even remember did you grow up religious not really I'm like Muslim my family's Muslim but not like you know praying five times a day or what we weren't like super religious but it's interesting because um my Persian name is Azadeh Sadat my name on my birth certificate is Gilda Gilda but I guess for two seconds my half brother was at the hospital with my mom Mm -hmm. um and he put the name Azadid down on my birth certificate when they put it down. So Azadid means freedom. And my mom, I guess, was debating, but she wanted Gilda, I guess, as mistress. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's just like, like she's, she's like, she's beautiful. Be, she needs to be the mistress. And then, uh, so the, my mom went and changed it like days after I was born or something. Oh, wow. But when I was trying to get a Persian Iranian passport, they were like, no. Gilda is not an Iranian name. It has to be Azadeh. So they made it Azadeh. My dad, he's a... You had to have a new name for your Persian... I just had to have a what, Persian for a visa name or for, for my Persian passport. Oh, are you... So you have... Dual citizenship. Dual citizenship. Yeah. Whoa. How's that? Um, so that gives me the freedom to go live there. Oh, but does that not... Here. So you're in a small amount of people because is Iran right now one of the countries that like can't fly here? Yeah, there's like a... Well, that's not... Is that a thing? A it's travel a, there's ban? a travel ban. Yeah. And it just means some people who've applied for certain visas for their families, like right now, like can't come. They're not being granted. There's kind of like a ban right now, like a yeah. moratorium on that. And so, but I also think like, you know, I um, had a, <laughs> I don't know. I can't decide if I wanted to talk about this part or not, but um, I think it could be good because sometimes some of these couples they've like applied for their spouses yeah. to come to America with them. Yeah, like I fell in love with Masood and we met online and then we fell in love and we got married and I just want him to come over here and they show it like a sob story. Yeah, I was like maybe this is like a good maybe this is the universe being like take a breath maybe he's not yeah. the one just like take a beat like let's rethink this. You're like, like maybe it's just <laughs> does Masood really need to come live with you in America? And, like, like have you ever lived with someone? It's really met, hard. Like, in, you met online. You're and of course, like, of course, like he's all like, "Sweet America, are you?" <laughs> you know, like, is that a thing though that people really want to come to America? Yes, absolutely. How come if if Iran's so great, how come people right. want to come to America? So there's a lot of things, right? Like uh, work opportunities, kind okay. of like what there's a lot just of people more come stuff here, here for opportunities for work. Uh, you know, certain freedoms that you might have here that you wouldn't have. There, people want to come here and take advantage of that. I guess my whole thing is that I think there's this idea that if you come to America, then it's the same idea that we have like, oh, once I reach X goal, then I can be happy. Once yeah. It's just a thing on people's list. Of like, if I get like, this, then it'll, then it'll all come together. Yeah. But which don't it doesn't. You think that, yeah. That's it, there is true. no this. You have to like be happy. 
Yeah. It's, it's the like, journey. If you're not happy now, you're never going to be happy. Yeah. And like wherever you go, there you are. And I, I kind of think like in Iran, what I love is that the families are really united. Like they're all together. They live close to each other. They see each other all the time. Like people live at home until they're married. Whoa. And then they leave. Like I remember working at that, at the news station and this girl was like oh I'm getting married so I'm moving out and I was like yes that's awesome she was like I'm really sad and I was like oh but you're like 30 years old yeah you're not like sick of living with your parents yeah like I left the house when I was 18 because I grew up yeah, no. With everyone who left at 18, my mom used to be like, oh, Dr. Amrikai, which means like Iran, uh, American girl, American girl. And I was kind of like, but yeah, like, like yeah, but you like brought me here. I so. grew up here. Why what am I supposed to be? And everyone left. Like everyone went. And I went to like UCLA. Everyone went like to the East Coast to go to schools. And like I went, I didn't apply to Berkeley. Because you didn't want to go too I far? Because I knew my mom would... No, I grew oh, up she, in the Bay. I knew she would make me go to Berkeley. Oh, she'd make you to go, go to Berkeley. Sorry, yeah, Piedmont, so like, right? I didn't, I didn't remember where Piedmont East was. <clears throat> it's like a small city inside of Oakland. Oh, so you knew if you if you got there, she would make you go there over the yeah, UCLA. Like, it's close. Super... I just remember I was in the Uber this uber like a couple weeks ago and this guy was like i was like oh are you from oakland because i thought he had like an oakland accent he was like oh no i'm from south central and i was like oh yeah like i totally have street smarts too because i grew up in piedmont which is inside of oakland yeah and if you were like a 16 year old girl it took a wrong turn ended up in oakland then you were scared you had to have street smarts and he was like okay he's like all right well i'm from south central so. And then he was like, yeah, like, you know, I was like, you know, I'm always like being like, I'm always like on the, is it on the offensive or the defensive? I'm always like on the de- defensive. I'm offensive. always like prepared on guard. Yeah. I'm always like prepared. Like at stoplights, I like won't stop behind cars. I'll have to like come. I'm always like kind of like looking around. Yeah. And I was telling you, I have my back to a wall and he was like, yeah. Or like you walk um, with like oncoming, tra- you walk against traffic and I was like, yeah, thinking so you could like not get hit by cars. But he meant like drive throughs. Oh, uh, drive drive bys. Yeah. yeah. Although it's like or even if they're King coming toward you, like, what are you going to you're not going to stop it. Like, but you just like, see you it coming. The, you like hit the ground or something. He kept saying, like, you better stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. You better stay ready. So you, that's so <laughs> that's funny. My favorite line. I've just been using that like every day. I wonder if you're, that's what your parents envisioned when they're like, we're going to America to start a new life. Yeah. And they're like, right? and bulletproof like, hats for all of ready. us. Um, no, but so Piedmont was very um, like a unique place to grow up and there were no other Iranians there. So I was no. like the only one. And so I had kids like, you know, just they were mean. They would be like, Did oh, your dad's Saddam Hussein. Oh, you, you're you a camel rider. Oh, like um, sand N-word. Oh, you my know, God. Like those kind of things. Or like what, like there was just um, a lot That's of stuff. Horrifying. And then I also, it's compounded by like looking different. Yeah. Like I had frizzy. That's what my TED talk. I know you couldn't watch it because it's in Persian, but um, you're all, <laughs> I, that's why I, I didn't watch it. No, I have it pulled up right in <laughs> there. And I was like, Persian. well... Yeah, that's why. But that's what I start off with saying. Uh, frizzy hair, like sleepy eyes. Like my facial features, like I have this painting and it's behind me in the intro of yeah. the talk, that painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm describing like frizzy hair, these sleepy eyes kind of, the bedroom eyes and um, these thick eyebrows. These were 
features of that were classic of an Iranian woman in like art. Yeah. But growing up in Piedmont, California, these were not like desirable features to have. No, you're like, I want to be the straight haired blonde, what everyone's around you. And I had like a mustache and like my mom. So in Iran, like they don't even at schools, they don't let you tweeze your brows (gasps) or any facial hair. But it's just while normal there. High school. Yeah, so like all the 13, 14 year old girls have like mustaches. And it's like, it is what it is. They just all have mustaches. No one's going to be like, look at your mustache. And like, your mustache is thicker than yeah, my mustache. It's like, yeah, mustaches. no, we all have mustaches. They all have mustaches. Not like a thing. So it's just like, it, it just is. It's just your hat, you're hairy. Yeah. Until you can figure it out. And you can't shave your pits or your legs because it's considered like you're not a girl. Which means like you're not a virgin. You're not like a Oh, it's pure. like you're, you're not pure if you've shaved yeah. your... Because you have to keep your... So I remember like, yeah, like my mom wouldn't Let like you. do it. And I would like secretly use or even like, yeah, like I would secretly shave and then have to like hide, hide my pits from my mom. Did you get mom. caught ever? No, not the time I shaved my legs, my armpits. I did it in Germany. Like we were on a trip with my dad and I was like, this is a great time to do it. I think there's a razor. What a rebel. The, you shaved your armpits. Shower. Yeah. And then I like spent the week with like a scarf around my neck. So no one would see my pits. But I had like girls coming out to me in track, you know, it was like 95 degrees and we'd be running outdoors yeah. and I would be like wearing shorts, but I had hairy legs. Yeah. And I was 13 and the girls would come up to me and they'd be like, why don't you shave your legs? like i don't know because i just don't i'm not allowed to because then i won't be a because then i'm not that would have been so funny because only whores <laughs> shave their legs and they're like what <laughs> but meanwhile like they were talking about stuff in the bathrooms like they were actually like sexually active at that With age 13 I was like, my god oh god now it's like really bad Ugh. they weren't having even they were talking about stuff in the bathroom i would be changing in the Stall, stall, because I had a hairy stomach. Oh, so like you're just stomach. a hairy everywhere. Yeah, you're just a hairy, hairy person. Hairy stomach, hairy back. Oh, girl, like they already like got laser. me for the legs. I'm not gonna. Oh yeah, I mean, but like everyone kind of could have had hairy legs. Like that was understandable. But like no one even had hair on their stomach. Yeah, it's like also Piedmont. your hair is darker than everyone, so it's yeah. gonna show up. Just more. like I'm sure. I'm pretty sure like you didn't have a full. It wasn't like that. What did you call it? Like a troll thing what do white people call that little bit of patch of hair the, on their stomach the, like a troll patch tri- or... to happy trail happy troll trail trail, trail, trail i don't know some things i don't know because of the i don't know what they call that cultural but i know what you're just that little that i call that yeah. a happy trail some people on have men, little... I, on me it's just like a sad sack of hair but <laughs> so yeah i had but like a full the entire you were just like was so hairy hair which oh. is like you know traumatizing yeah. And you're like, all I want is for the cool girls to accept me and leave me alone. Right. Or just don't talk to me at least. But the te- in the TED Talk, I talk about how I knew I was cool. So the like gap was, I think there were like weird people and like nerds and losers and like, you know how there are all these different people. Oh yeah. But like I knew I was actually cool. You knew so you were I cool. Like, I know I'm cool. I knew I was cool. And if only they could get to know me they would like my fantasy would be like getting locked in a room with the coolest kids in school (laughs) 
and th- then they would like see that I was cool and then I would be like one of them because I just <laughs> I, I wasn't like oh I belong with these dorks I was like fuck these dorks like fuck I'm cool these dorks. you know what I mean like these people are weird I'm cool I'm just hairy yeah like I'm just I look different but I know I, I, you're I'm bullying the tight. other people that they're not talking to you're like you guys are losers so then you're alone <laughs> yes <laughs> I wasn't a bully but I definitely would be like around the weird people like you guys are weird like I'm not weird like I don't want to talk about the things you're talking I know about. that I'm not weird and then I had this fantasy that if they got to know me that then they would like me and so then that's this is what I talk about literally in the TED talk that like I grew up so different I had this fantasy if they knew me they'd like me and so like I kind of like the breakfast club fantasy you know like, oh yeah um that like oh if you got locked with them in the room during detention like then they would like see me for who I was cool, and yeah. I would be and so I actually there was a girl in my class Gina Kerkorian who was like the coolest girl in school wow and you like if everyone yeah everyone was like, was, like she obsessed was, like, with her and she best. was like grungy before it was like a thing and she had um she would wear like plaid and it was like I don't know it was like the grunge time I guess. oh that time yeah and when I that was just like the coolest it was cool to be like grunge but she was even that before it was like a fad yeah she was like ahead of the curve her older sister was like a cheerleader who was like beautiful and like was friends with all the hot guys and stuff and so and she was like cool and art she's like whatever she was beyond cool but she wasn't like she had like dreads almost and she wasn't Whoa. like pretty she she's beautiful but she's not like in that way in that like, normal high school yeah um, all american she was like way. untouchable wow and i was like if gina becomes my friend <laughs> i will get the protection of her because my friends right now don't have the backbone to stick up for me oh you're and like so if I gina likes me people someone, will stop being mean to me yeah because she'll start defending me yeah and so then i'm like okay how do we get gina to like me? how do we get gina to even notice me wow it's like a so whole plot top awful this is like so a movie she i like see her binder is like red hot chili peppers and i'm like what like i'm in sixth grade like i don't yeah like, listen don't, to the red hot chili peppers right I like don't, i don't know what i listen to but not that yeah you can not that. my brother has a cd i go home and i listen to it on repeat i memorize it <laughs> and it's like, give it away give it away give it away now like and it was for me that was like dark music yeah you're like, like whoa memorizing it right like the this song. This is so crazy. You're and like, then, I'm going to just become a person that she'll want to be friends with. This is this is my TED talk, by the way. You're wondering what I'm saying in Persian. This is literally it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to memorize this song. And then I'm going to sing it while I, oh, and then like, you know how they wouldn't let two cool girls go to the bathroom at the same time. But thing? yeah, like when you were growing up, you couldn't go to the bathroom at the same time. Oh, only one like, person could go. Yeah. Because like, then you're going to go goof around. Yeah. So like only one person at a time. Yeah. But because no one was going to talk to me, the teacher would like let me go. Even Anytime. If someone like, else was, she doesn't. Sure. No one's her friend. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, live yeah, in the so, bathroom. I don't care. You'll be fine. Gina, You're smart. <laughs> Gina goes to the bathroom and I plan this. And I'm going <laughs> to sing the song in the hallway. So she hears me and thinks I'm cool. And I and it worked. And I uh, went to the bathroom after she did. So I was in the hallway and I was kind of like slow walking to plan it. And then she comes and I'm like, give it away, give it away, give it away now. And I do it. And she hears me and she's like, oh, you like the chili peppers? I'm like, love, love the chili peppers. <laughs> this is literally something written in a movie where like, yeah, no, totally cool. That's so funny. Actually, like, te- I did tell her this story at the reunion, and I think she might have been, like, low-key, like, creeped about it, but, like... She's like, it's too late now. <laughs> we're friends. 
Um, That's so funny. And then she started to know, she was like, and then she literally goes, you're cool. And I was like, yes. Amen. Yes. I go home and like move the pins. The on pins are like got her. Just a crazy. She's like, yeah, no, you, I don't know why everyone thinks Iranians were very nice, normal people. You have newspaper clippings of everyone in your high school. And you- <laughs> so yeah, I become friends with her. No, I don't become friends with her because she's still too cool. I can just become friends with her. She's like Gina Kerquarian. So yeah. I was like, she started to talk to me during class. And still, teacher like doesn't care. She's like, "Oh, someone's like talking." It's like good for her, yeah, (laughs) you know. And then um, we had she was really advanced in French, and (gasps) I was like, "Yes, I was not." No, means no. Now I can speak a little bit, but it scares me when I hear. Do you? Are you fluent in French? Um, No, but I'm working on it. Wow, I was. I'm okay at it, but I I don't have any way to practice it. So I just read the. I just read. On my stocking of you, I'm all like, how do I get in? How do I be friends with her? <laughs> You're like, I can't do it. I have to l- listen to country music? Absolutely not. Um, we'll never be friends. But it's like you did the first English show in Switzerland? Yeah, at a Montreal Comedy it Festival. French. It's, yeah, it's a French comedy festival. So my, I have a goal for this year, by the end of the year, to be able to do a five-minute set in French. We'll see if I actually do it. Wait, so what is your connection to French? Like, how are you learning French? I just took it in high school, and then... Now I'm just using Duolingo and then I have a couple friends we keep talking about that are all semi-fluent or around where I'm at and we keep talking about doing French, French brunch. Like talking in French Like going together. out for food and only do, speaking in French. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I know, but there's no other way That's to learn like it. That's like when we li- I lived in Spain and I lived in France and the Americans would speak together in Spanish. And, and they're like, hola. Yeah, and I was like, you're... Like I know, but Brooklyn, I want to learn. Like, don't so look at me. My only option. I speak French, but I would not ever be able like to I would speak never to you. do that. I could never speak to you. It's like literally my worst nightmare is to speak to an American ever in if in that language. Like if someone American even knew like Persian and they were like speaking to me in Persian, I would just be so. You just don't want to speak to Americans not in American. Yeah, in English. That's racist. No, it's. Not. Why is how's that not I what? I don't, I don't know how speak, it's racist, but it, it feels so racist. awkward to speak to each other in French. It's literally what everyone. I mean, go there's no a, reason to a, do it. But why? You should go to like the south of France for a summer. You'll like legit. Like, I don't have fluent. the money to go to the you don't south need of money. France. You just go there and like teach English or like do comedy. I know, but at your place. I don't know. There's not enough. If I thought I could do comedy lucratively enough from there, I'd do it. I just don't. Like you'll fall. Behind comedy in is your doing career. too. Is is I'm on too much of an uphill trajectory right now that I don't want to leave it. That makes sense. So it's just a goal for myself. It's not, it doesn't matter either way. I think it's awesome. I speak four languages. Wait. Do it. Persian, French, American. English. American. Is that American English or? I'm kidding. You're just just being an asshole. Uh, American and (laughs) Spanish. I'm actually most, Probably most academically fluent in Spanish because I went to a year of university in Spain. More than English? No. No. Okay. English <laughs> is English not. your first language? I hope not because today with my client on the phone, I was like trying to say don't lie, but I couldn't conjugate it. So I just was like, no mentira, no mentira. <laughs> like I was trying to say like don't lie at the interview. No lie. And I just kept saying like no lie, no lie, no mentira. <laughs> She's like, okay. And I was like, I gotta go. Yeah, I worked at that firm Accidentes for the last the year. The ones and that half. I see the how the was that? Hispanic Ron Burgundy. Accidentes. Yeah, I'm a ocho 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 ocho. Wait, it's like you were, were you a lawyer for them? 
Yeah. What kind of lawyer are you? So I do uh, immigration law. And I do some criminal defense, but I'm doing my own thing now, just taking like immigration cases and some criminal cases and uh, I'll do whatever. I'll, I was like, oh, yeah, I do estate, estate planning. And someone was like, oh, we need one of those. Can I call you tomorrow? So you're and sort of like, like oh. you're like a freelance lawyer. I'm like a freelance lawyer now. It's been like three weeks that I'm freelancing. Wow. How's that? Um, Scary. I just don't like doing the actual work. <laughs> Imagine. That's so funny. Like you were I'm, waiting for like some profound answer, I think. And then you're like, I just, said I just the thing don't like, want to work. I hate. No one does. But like, at least if it was the thing you liked, the thing about law is like, it always feels like I'm writing like a term paper. Yeah. It just always feels like an assignment. Yeah. It's never, it's there's like, no passion. Is that what writing feels like for you? Like when you're writing jokes? I hope not. Not you. No, not usually. But sometimes with like submissions and stuff, I do mm. feel like, I and, and a lot of times I won't even do those submissions. Submission of what? Like to television shows, if they're like hiring writers and they're like, we want you to submit. How do they like hire a sample? Writers? They, when they need writers, they reach out to people that they want to hire so they'll reach out to you and they'll be like hey can you submit something yeah they're like we're gonna hire people we'd like to look at your stuff yeah and they'll be like you have a week to give us this yeah or whatever the deadline is stuff like that usually a lot of times it is like a week and um if it feels too much like that I just don't do it because I'm like because whatever it feels like there are shows where when I submit I'm like oh this is fun it's easy it's flowing very naturally I'm enjoying this submit but if it feels the way I imagine you feel doing law work I'm like no because this is what the job's gonna be and I don't want I'm doing I'm making all my money doing stand-up and I don't have to take I don't have to I mean a writing job would be amazing but I if I'm gonna take when I want it to be somewhere where I can thrive and not like want to kill myself every day um but but you're enjoying so the other thing is like I saw Sarah Silverman and like a um my dry cleaner one day and it was when I had first started doing stand-up and you're like Sarah Silverman what is she like and I was like (laughs) looking at her (laughs) googling I was like no yeah (laughs) looking at her clothes that she's picking up I'm like how can I attach myself to her right now I'm like give it away give it away give it away now I just do that song you know you are cool Gilda why don't you come hang out with me but I think that that is like a legit that plan worked, by the way. Gina ended up protecting me. Oh, that's great. It changed my entire status. That's amazing. I was no longer bullied. I became friends with a ton of people. And it, I actually developed... Gina became my French teacher. That's what really it was. She started tutoring me in French at her home. And then we just became friends because I am cool. Yeah. I just needed some time. I just needed a sociopathic in. <laughs> Jessica, can I... I like hostage crisis you into this. I argoed you into this podcast. And now I know about Gina and I'm terrified. And you're like looking around. You're like, my roommates left already. I'm going to die. You wanted them to leave at first, but now you're like, is anyone here? You're like Help. texting. You're texting. Wait, here. no, let's talk a little bit more about Iran because yeah. you're going back. Wait, you. So you lived over there? Yes. So then I. You studied law there? I became a lawyer here okay. and I had an opportunity to go there, go to law school there and then come back and teach in LA at Southwestern. So okay. I was like, go study law for two years there and then come teach here for two years. And I was like, why would I do that? I like go to crunch gym and like work out and drive a Honda and I'm a lawyer. Like why would I leave my life? And I thought it was going to like catapult my life into like, I could be liaising deals between like general mills, cereal and like, 
Iranian companies. And oh, I'd be like a, so you like, thought you'd be like this big shot lawyer. Big, Well, like liaising these kinds of deals or that I would go into policy to like bridge the gap between Iran and America. Like I really was interested in kind of like policy work or wow. going into government. I mean, that would put me in a really good position because I would have knowledge that not everybody knows. Um, yeah. What happened? And then I just, well, I did it and I came back and I was teaching and I thought like, oh, I've reached this. I'm a professor. And now people are like literally calling me professor. And you think like, I mean, that's pretty. That's for, cool. That's cool. Right. That's like you work your whole life to have people like call you professor. Yeah. I guess if you want to be a professor, then that is what you do. <laughs> well, when you grow up in an Iranian no. home. Yeah. You no, it's like need you need to, to have some, some type of. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to ask. Is that yeah. a big thing? Oh, my in God. Your oh, yeah. Like my mom was just is like, oh, you, you have to be a doctor. And I was like. I don't want to be a doctor. She's like, well, you got to be something. She's like, like, you need to have a title. You need to be a doctor or then like engineer. You need to be something that when I tell my friends what you are, they go, wow, that's great. That's impressive. I became a lawyer. My mom would still say to me, say Dr. Gazora to me. And I was like, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) When you're a lawyer. But then I went to Iran and they call lawyers doctors because they have doctorates. Oh. I have a jurist doctor. So you're like, oh, my mom wasn't just being condescending. That's just what they do. I felt bad later. I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's what she just Yeah, because you do have a doctorate if you're a lawyer. I I feel like we should just call me Dr. Gazora from now on the rest of this podcast. Dr. Gazora. Yeah, I I like that. Okay. Dr. Gazora. Very cool. Dr. (laughs) Professor Gazora. Um, so once you reach the status, then I was like, yes, now I what? did it. Like my, cause my dad would just be like, you could be on the Supreme court. And I was kind of like, dad, I went to Southwestern. Like that's not happening. Like I'm just going to like manage your expectations. Like that's not, that yeah. But you know, you want your parents to be proud if you're, in, if you're anyone, Yeah. but especially if you're Iranian. Cause like I used to write a column for the UCLA paper. I used to host a radio show. I worked at Sony music. Like I was yeah. so active in all these different areas. Killing it everywhere. Killing wheeling it. and dealing. But those were not like options for my career to like be yeah. a journalist or like, like no, it, I couldn't go be like, a. I remember the first time I sent a clip of my stand up to my mom. I think she like cried. She's like, why? How are you she's doing like, this? Sad. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's, she's like, like, you're a professor. You know, you don't have to perform. Because like performing is like, you know, unless you make it. But then when you make it, it's like, bravo! I knew you had it. In oh, you. of course. You but like until mean? then, it's like, oh, until how then you're sad. Like, you're like a court jester. Or something. It's like you're it's just like, a clown. Because right, that's right. That's who had to like perform. Or, like, you're like, it's not a. It's not like it's not a profession that people necessarily respect. Not until you make it. Once so you, it's, it's such everything. a funny disparity. It's so, it's so but if shitty. you're, pers- it, what's interesting is if you're pursuing a career in a field like being a doctor or a lawyer, people are like, wow, wow, that's impressive. Yes. But if you're like, I'm uh, working toward being a comedian, people are like, oh come on, yeah, <laughs> like oh, really you're make it? Do, oh okay, well. But then later, what's interesting with my family is like I kind of grew up with all that pressure that you had to be a doctor, you had to be a lawyer, whatever, whatever. And then when I reached it. Then they were just like relaxed. And then I was like, oh, I actually, this is killing my soul and I'm like dying inside. Yeah. And then they were so supportive. And I told my dad like, oh, I want to be a talk show host. But like the odds of that happening are like one in a million. And my dad just looked at me straight in the face and was like, so, so. you'll be the one. Aww. Like, 
you know, once like you once you made a certain achievement, they're like, okay, you're capable of achieving. Right. So just set so if it's what you, you want, can, set your mind to it. Yeah, and then like just decide and then focus and then go do the thing. So then I started to think, well, do I really want to be a professor? Do I really want to go work in DC? Do I really want to do policy? Like, yeah. is that even what interests me? And Honestly, it wasn't. I felt like, you know, when you are trying to do policy changes, it takes so long to get any laws passed or anything happening or any changes, like major changes. But it's I felt like draining. I can just show because so I'd gone to law school there for two years. Yeah. Thinking that, by the way, like, can you direct me? You can cut half of this out, right? No, if you have to, like, fit fine. it into the. Certain I don't have a certain time. Okay, you're fine. So um, I thought that. It was scary the first time I went there to go to law school, right? It was on the heels of this green movement where they were showing like protests on the street. This woman like Netta had been killed. They were showing like the media of this. And I was just like, what is happening? I'm going to go to law school there. And then that seems super shady. Like, why is this American Orion girl going to law school in Iran? Like, what is... Yeah, you're like, are they going to think I'm some sort of... Yeah, it's like... Yeah, I didn't want to say the word because it makes me nervous. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I was like so nervous about going there. But then I was like, let me just go check this out. And I went there for like a 10 day period just to see if it was what was going on. And it was like totally fine. Those protests were happening in like one area of like downtown. Imagine if like downtown L.A., there were protests. On one street, there was like protests. That's it. Yeah. And like, that was it. There's protests here and like they don't even affect traffic sometimes. Yeah. I mean, traffic's always and terrible And they were publicizing anyway. it like you thought. Like the whole city was, it was like. was like war torn and dangerous. That's and crazy. I had been, you know, doing like, I had been, so my mom in 2003 decided she wanted to go back and live in Iran. And yeah. so I had been going since, and my dad has lived in Iran this whole time. The whole time. Like He's eight. never really lived over yes. there. So I've been okay. like going to visit my dad. I've been going to visit my mom. I lived in Spain when I was in college. I was like, let me pop over to Iran. So I've kind of had this connection Relationship, to Iran. Yeah. And I had been seeing it. And then I had done an independent study on like women in divorce in Iran where I like went and did this <gasps> There's study divorce myself. in Iran? There's divorce in Iran. Are women allowed to divorce? Yeah. You have six, you have to have like six, in order for a woman to divorce, she needs to, legally, you have to have like six of these things happen. Like one is, uh, you have the to man prove, is, you have to prove these, one of these six. Like if he beats you, if he leaves you, um, if he's impotent. You can leave a man because he can't get his dick. I mean, you can, should be able to leave. That's so funny that like there are restrictions on your ability to leave a man. But one, it's like, why, then why are there restrictions? If I can go, he can't get his dick hard. <laughs> I'm wrong. Prove it. <laughs> Prove that I should stay with you in, in a court of law. Can you imagine? Well, so having kids and reproducing, that is like a right for the woman. So if uh, he can't get it up, so if you can't, can't have children. kids. So she can't have. Yeah. But also like she's got needs. Like even the. There's like in the Quran, like the prophet Muhammad, like he had multiple wives, but he would always say, but he would say only take as many wives as you can keep having each wife feel equally as loved Loved. and taken care of. I like, and like you, you know, like you can't like, and so this whole like taking on wives thing, polygamy happened because 
you know, there had been this like awful battle and like all the men had been killed and they needed more men to take on more wives and children yeah. to raise them. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, why don't we let them like have swingers parties, you know, like, <laughs> let them have fun. Like it's boring here. They were yeah. like, oh, no, we need like men to step up to the plate for these other families and take in more like women and children who've been left without. Oh, wow. And so that's where that even came. And then the prophet says that yeah like so I love like if you actually go into trying to find um, feminism in the Quran and I taught Islamic law when I came back and I, you can go into like feminism in the Quran you can find like all these surahs which are like oh actually like empower women through the prophet who would really say, like, yeah who he was like oh yeah like take on multiple wives if you can keep them all like cool cared for and like everything's if good they're all good like don't take on so many wives that you can't have you get sloppy feeling good. yeah right? like you're not showing up you're like leaving like- sorry deborah's just really <laughs> getting after me this week the rest of you guys are gonna have to hang in there wait so you went over there to study law because you thought that like that's when you wanted well, so to do I did policy. This independent study, and I yeah, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do policy. I'm gonna I'm gonna bridge. I'm this gonna gap. bridge this gap. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna make. There's gonna be peace between yeah, these places. Be, Iran, America, you know. And I was like, superhero. That's to the like so beautiful that you thought uh, that. Thank you. And I go there, and I went to school there, and then I was thinking like, oh, also, it's gonna be my opportunity to like become a journalist mm-hmm. because I'm going to live in Iran, and I'll have this unique experience to talk about. And my friend. Um, he is successful and he's always like very like real and he was like no you're just gonna be going to law school in Iran and I was like you don't know what you're talking about it's gonna like morph into journalism he's like no he's like no you're, you're gonna be too going to busy doing law school in Iran and I was like you he, don't know he's like you're gonna you might as well be in any city meanwhile he had was one of the first people to work at Facebook told me to come to work at Facebook in Facebook legal in 2007 and I was and like, he was like yeah right with your little online I was thing. like no I like being in Iran. LA no, oh in LA. LA in 2007 and then he like was paid in options and now he lives in like a mansion and like you know you like, feel okay about that how yeah. you feel about that right and then so years later he's like no you're just gonna be going to law school in Iran and I was like no and then I show <laughs> up to the first day of law school in Iran and it's literally law school again it's the same thing in Iran no different except so it's, it's stuff in you a already different know. language well it's a lot of different stuff okay but a lot of similar stuff okay well because it's obviously different laws too it's different laws but they you have like a common law which is the same but then you have like different laws but a lot of stuff is like the same premise so it's like I'm taking law school in the first day of class I was like it just hit me and I was like in Iran I'm already committed I'm covered I'm wearing this like covering there are all these women in Shador's who at that point I was terrified of you know because I didn't know I thought they hated Americans I thought they like didn't I, I was scared I didn't know like what's you were back to being the odd person out uh, yeah which is so interesting because i thought i'm gonna go here to feel Iran. comfortable because here well here i didn't feel comfortable even as an adult i was always like a outsider yeah but even you know like i went to ucla which is like there are a lot of iranians there but there are iranians who like grew up in la and they just live at home with their parents and then they go to ucla uh. and then there's like the jews and the muslims and they have their own differences and they have a whole hall called like kirkhoff hall at ucla where it's like that was i mean 10 years ago whatever 
like the, that's where like the Iranians hung out. Oh, this is where all the They'd Iranians like, hung out. Yeah. So oh, like, we're going to Kirkhoff. Like, leather jackets and heels and like hairs done, makeup done. And I would show up and being like, hey guys. And they were like, just, it was different. Like they spoke Persian English to each other. I don't do oh. that. Remember I told you don't speak to me in French. Yeah. Like you try to say one word. But wait, like, they're, they're Persian. You wouldn't speak Persian to them? I just don't feel comfortable doing that because I just feel like we speak English. Like, why would we You're speak? Like, why are we speaking another, another language? And, but it would also be mixed. Oh, it would be so like, like Persian. Oh, like Persian English. As if, like, and it's called Pinglish. Like, Spang- like Spanglish. Spanglish. Yeah, yeah. Because I worked at the Dominguez firm and a lot of people would be like, yeah, because I said, like, no me digas. Like what you're doing, or like like in between, there would be these like and you're like Spanish and English, yeah. And I'm just like I care about language, and I grew up in a house where like language was like I speak to my mom in like the formal tense, yeah. I never say you like two to her or toi or whatever. No, it'd be like vous, yeah, exactly. Whatever formal tense with my mom, like very like formal language, whatever. So anyway. I didn't fit into the UCLA thing, so I had a, like a like a collection of friends that were all like a white guy and a black girl and like a you know Armenian girl and like you know like people. So from, you didn't join like any clubs or like any. No, like I played like lacrosse. It was like before I was even. I just feel like I was such a late bloomer. Like now I'll go to like spin or barbell or wear my workout classes, and I'm like I'm athletic like I would have rocked I should have done like, why didn't sports. I do sports you yeah. know what I mean like that yeah, would have yeah. been cool I did like lacrosse and I was like oh running that's cool lacrosse is cool kind of yeah but it was like so much running I like hated it right <laughs> I hate running especially in college and when you're like awkward with your body and you don't know what you're doing anyway you're like, I don't so know. I um didn't fit into this Kirkhoff thing and I grew you know and then had my whole life and whatever but it was fine because then I went on all these solo adventures and I did the journalism and I did the yeah. radio show and I, I like hosted a radio show at UCLA that was only aired to the dorms so it was like a podcast yeah yeah but it was like only on the dorm channels. That's funny. And then I like made a connection at Sony Music through that. I just like called up Sony in New York and I was like, I need 12 tickets to the Maxwell concert. And he's like, you can't just call the New York office and try to get tickets. And like, you got it. I know your music director. And I was like, well, teach me how to do it. And like, da, da, da. And he was like coming to L.A. And I was like, can I meet you? Is there a job? And I like met this guy and like got a job at Sony. Like I was just like, I was crazy. That's great. Yeah. But it like, like got you. You're like, who cares? I'm just going to call. Yeah, I, I admire that. Crazy thing. I was like, I'm just going to go. Like, if I want to do something, like, go, even trying to go to law school in Iran, you don't just, like, go. You have to, like, get accepted, have everything translated. Like, I, I mean, it, it's, like, I can do all these crazy things. But, um, oh, I said that to say, like, I, and I went on these solo journeys. Like, I yeah. went and lived in Spain for a year. I did a summer in Spain. I went back. I lived in France after I did my year in Spain and like I met all these people and I had all these amazing experiences but mostly like solo journeys yeah and then I came back I was like my friend was like you I was living in France and I wasn't working and I'd taken the LSAT and my friend who I met in Spain but who was American was like starting grad school in LA and was like if you want to start settling down I'm going to be going to school in LA. We could live together. You need to come back. You need to get your life together. And I was like, I want to go to China. I want to go to China. Because my roommate in France had lived in China. And so he was like, if you go to China, you're going to learn Chinese. I was like, that sounds awesome. I'm going to go to China because I'm going to learn Chinese. Like, I just thought that's what my mind worked. You're like, like, I'm I'm just going to keep going new places. I'm going to learn stuff. And then she was like, no, you need to like come. What are you doing? You're going to go to China. Where you're like, what am I doing? And then I was like, oh, okay. And I had a boyfriend at the time, so I was kind of like, oh, in, I guess I should go. France in France or in, in, okay. And we're doing like law. So I was like, I guess I'll go home. So I came back, started law school, and thinking it was going to be like 
continuation of college, like the best years of my life. Elle Woods, like yay. Yeah, exactly. I'm all who's I was like who's Elle Woods, but then I just saw that the other day. Of uh, uh, Buster, Blonde. Buster's Law. That's so funny. Bruiser's Law. Bruiser's Law. I can't Bruiser even remember. Was the dog. Oh yeah. It was, it was Legally Blonde too. I just admitted that I watched the second one. Um, um So I just um, thought it was going to be like college. And in college, I would go, I would literally like almost not go to class the whole semester, get someone's notebook, <laughs> memorize it the night before the exam. Because it's a good memory and then get it like an A. Yeah. But in law school. You have to go. You actually have to study every day. Oh yeah. When you don't have to study, that was like. When I learned that I was going to have to study stuff, I was like, oh, this is not a thing I've ever had to do because I've always just been smart enough to like get good grades. And then when I was in college, I was like, oh, I have to like study some of these classes. Where did you go to college? University of South Florida. Oh. So Tampa. But you grew it's up just... in, I was confused about where you grew up because I thought you grew up in Alaska, but then I heard you say Mississippi. Yeah, I uh, moved to Alaska when I was in sixth grade from Southern Mississippi, but I was born in Germany. We moved from Germany to Mississippi when I was three. It's a clusterfuck. And then you went to Alaska. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated from high school at 17 and I moved to Florida for college. Were they all like Eskimos in Alaska? Like- there are Eskimos. But before I moved up there, I thought Eskimos were just people in furry coats. I didn't realize it was like I, a race of people. They're it's a not race. wearing furry coats? I mean, they some of them do wear like thick coats with fur when it's cold. Like, And do they have those like um, spears? Har- harpoons? Yeah. I mean, I think if they're going like harpooning. But like there aren't people. There, no, there are not people just walking around with spears. I live in Anchorage and it's a city, so it's they're oh. not just like marching around downtown. I might be equally confused about Alaska as you are about Iran. Oh, a lot of people are. I mean, I used to be on AOL chat rooms and people would be like, "Do you live in an igloo?" And I'm like, "Yeah, with an internet connection." You <laughs> fucking idiot. But then I was like, actually, I don't Were really know. Were there igloos? Not that, not anywhere near me. Oh, like you wouldn't see igloos? Like no. If there were igloos anywhere, it would have been like in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. And I don't even know if that's true. I used to be like, yeah, you know, like out in like the villages. But I was like, no, I don't think then that's true either. Alaskans being like, no, they're like, yeah, no, there we also no live igloos. in houses. <laughs> I'm like, right. Why would you live in an igloo? It's 2019. Um, I am curious. Cause I had heard that Alaska was like a good place to live for like dating. Cause there's like no women. And Four guys, like every girl, burly men there. Hot is debatable. Cause they're like the brawny man. They are. Um, there are large men there. They are well-fed. And like just they're just big dudes. There's a lot of I forget that. I I forget that a lot of men in L.A. are puny. And then I go home for a week and I'm like, oh, all my I look at so many of my dude friends and they're just like these massive dudes. <sighs> are they white? Your friends or they're I mean, I have friends of all colors from. Um, no, I mean, but, but in, in Alaska, Alaska, it's a lot of white people. Um, we're in my friend group, white, native there's a small population of like Jewish people in Alaska, Muslims, a couple of all the religions. I think I had like one kid that was Hindu in my high school. Okay. But it's like majority white, black, native. Okay. Asians. A lot of Asians. South Pacific Islanders too. Okay. So Samoans, Filipino. Those are the big dudes you're talking about? Samoans are huge. Samoans are some of the big dudes. Yeah. Ah, oh, giants. But wait, but this isn't about me. How I needed be, to like I wanna, a, br- a breath. I want to date like a big giant. <laughs> yeah, I was like wearing just burly and man like a beard. Uh maybe I'll just marry someone when I go home though, for my I feel festival. like almost any guy would be like a big a giant, giant man. Yeah, I know. That's why I've never had like a. High I thing. felt pretty big just hugging you when I got here. I was oh like, my gosh. Oh, she's so much smaller than I think she I'm is. I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not even a real person. You're like teeny. It's creepy. You were like waiting by the gate, and then I was like, uh, and then I, I always feel like bigger. 
but like you're so not I'm like hugging big. people i always feel, i'm always like i have like i do have this like thing where i'm like oh i have like huge shoulders and so i'm all oh like those yeah i was trained by a denim jacket and i was like this is i have huge shoulders yeah, my this friend is like working for me it's not a thing like you're imagining it yeah no i don't see it okay but. well thanks i'm gonna come here to feel better about myself um wait iranian <gasps> things. this Let's, is hard this is hard okay well we can't we don't have to do the full because you, you're no, gonna go you again right me. i'm gonna go back because i want to see my dad he's 96 and i want to go back to see him oh i'm gonna tell you just the crux of the whole thing which was that at a certain point i realized um that what i did law school in iran yeah with all the iranians and I became best friends with this one girl and with a lot of the people they're like the sweetest people ever the Gina of and the Iranian so, law school yeah the Gina of Iranian law school <laughs> she actually was fluent in English and French she could translate a law text a book like a case book from Persian to French or from French to Persian or from French to English or English to French or, or Persian to English yeah amazing, yeah. amazing. wow I mean, like, impressive so, people so I went to this school that was the number two law school in Iran <sighs> and uh, <laughs> 500,000 people apply to get into the schools yeah the top hundred go to um, the top hundred go to I'm all like you're getting mugged. Not to roommate. <laughs> it's cool. The top hundred go to University of Tehran, and the second hundred go to where you this stu- school. Okay, so, the so you were in the there, top two hundred of five hundred thousand people. Yeah, but because oh, I went shit. in as like a transfer student, I had to have like a certain GPA from my law school, from my college. So you had to my, be like even a little I had bit to better. Show, yeah, I mean, no, I I just had to show like what I had done. And then um, show whatever to transfer there. Yeah, yeah. But the people that were there were Elite. the brightest minds I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, just it was like being at Harvard, but probably better. Wow. Just think of what you had to be. And they would get up at like five in the morning and take like three buses to get to school. I mean, they would live some was of Was that them. intimidating? No, I mean, how, what do you mean? I don't know. I guess they were, you were so smart. You were among them, so I guess. No, I just, I realized how, like, not, um, how much I didn't know, because they would just say things like, oh, humanism, and I was like, I don't know what humanism is, and they were like, <sighs> like, they would get upset that, like, I, <laughs> I came from America, that I had, like, all these, like, privileges Credentials or whatever these- that they didn't necessarily have, and then they would just be like, how do you not know this concept of humanism it's like it's so humanity. basic Do you know yeah what I mean? it's like how do you even not know that and i was like sorry like you don't have to be that smart to like go to ucla i don't know like, <laughs> you know what i mean like we, we, we're dumb in america oh like, we're dumb. yeah i mean that's the whole premise of my podcast is it's, how dumb we are it's awful like i was i was actually like super dumb and there were so many words like so i'm doing law school now in persian wow and so i realized like i had like a fifth grade level of Persian oh so that even adds that's another layer of like I mean the first days of class I mean the first months of class and I would like take a taxi to school and I would like the taxi driver would be talking to me and I'd go to school and on the way home I remember he'd be like asking me questions because anytime they hear someone with an accent they're curious like oh where are you from America where is better here or there it's the number one question yeah and on the ride home I would just be like I don't know like my brain, like all Fried. day, be like in Persian law, and every I had a a list of words that I didn't know that I would keep like a running list of the words, you know, and then there'd be similar words, and you'd be like, I fucking this sounded exactly the like same. my brain's been working out all day. 
And so it was really hard. And then the new and then new concepts and you're in a new country and you're like far away. And oh, man, it was hard. But yeah. People think like people are always like, oh, do you was it hard being a woman being in Iran? Was yeah. It hard being covered. Was it hard? It's oppressive to women. And they yeah, imagine feel it. like that's what I imagine. Yeah. What, tell me what you imagine. I mean, I imagine you. like. I guess just hijabs now because you explained that. But like. But what did you actually think? I mean, I didn't know. I was like, are they in burqas? I don't think I've ever seen an Iranian woman on in the one mob clip I keep mentioning <laughs> that I've seen on the news. Bro, in the protest. Yeah. With this holding up a sign. Um, I don't know. Is it like, what's the social life like? Like, is it normal for a woman to strike up a conversation with a man? Or is that mm-hmm. aggressive? Like, d- did you date in Iran? Mm. Is that even a thing? Is dating a thing? Yeah. I mean, even they have like... Yeah, so people, you know, now there's like social media and like a lot of it's like um, censored, filtered. Yeah. So basically it's an Islamic Republic. Yeah. So there are rules of Islam which apply to people who are there. And that means like no sex before marriage, no like men and women basically can't be together even in the same space until they're married so like your law school was it all women no so then they're separated i mean they're Uh men and women mixed actually women are more educated in iran than men are wow which creates other interesting issues because then like this woman i'm telling you about my friend farzana like she's so smart but she's so smart that like the place the the like neighborhood she comes from and like uh, she's surpassed like yeah people she could date because now she's smarter than anyone that her family knows and then she's like you know more educated than most people in the country and so yeah. it's like makes her pool of people she could possibly date and marry because you like want to so date tiny. because you want to date and marry well, she people. wants to, she wants to date someone who's as educated as her and like, yeah at least and she, she can't find it as easily because not as many men are educated as women can you just go looking like dating or is it just yeah so usually it's like through uh, traditionally it's through like being set up like traditionally it used to be like suitors would come through your family like your family they would know each other but imagine like when women are becoming more educated and your family doesn't know people as educated so you go and people meet each other in school so the men sit in the front and the women sit or the women sit in the front and the men sit in the back typically okay something like that um in classes and when you're doing like i did a doctorate program there which wasn't like going to undergrad so there were smaller classes okay so it's just like you know there's just i don't know 20 people in a class and the women are in the front and the men are in the back and it's not like a hard rule but that's like mostly and then you have to be covered and a lot of um the people that were going to that school were also so there's a required hijab that you have to wear to cover your hair mm-hmm. and you have to wear it over your clothing which hides your body shape okay so you're not like showing your you can't have any shape showing. And, but yeah no it's shape. very like loose flowing like you want to cover yeah. but of course like i mean they do regulate it but they can't regulate it so much because people do wear more form-fitting stuff but there's a woman at the entry point of the school because it's a school and because it's a public school which means it's like a state school okay they're checking to see if you have makeup and to see if you're wearing the appropriate thing so you can't wear makeup you can't wear makeup and you can't i mean like heavy makeup if you're wearing like light makeup she's not gonna give you a hard time but no you cannot show up to school with like nail polish like li- red lipstick like they would check 
Wow. So if I ever had nails done, I would have to wear like gloves or like whatever. Like they would check and they would check to make sure that your so you're like if you're wearing like a manto, I'm just gonna show you. You have to be um, covered up to your to your knees. Like okay, so it has so to go beneath the knees. knees. But okay. you'll see like a lot of times in Tehran, like oh people will have something that's like shorter. Or yeah. Whatever or like it became. It was the rule was to the knees, but then after a while it became like cooler almost to wear longer things. So yeah. When you would see like trendier girl, young girls, they would just be wearing super long flowy stuff. Yeah. Um, especially in the. So they just like embraced it and kind of. Yeah. And then there's, I think recently been like movements with women like wearing the hijab like less and less. Are they wearing it? Like, I don't know if it's being, not being enforced as much. Like some people were protesting recently and not wearing it. I, I haven't been there and I don't know like what the recent trend is but when I was going to school every day I had to have a this required um head covering which is called a marnae which is like almost like a uniform okay headscarf and it's sewn and I never actually knew how to wear this it kind of feels like a KKK cap or something like oh, that Jesus like cone thing and you have to like stick it's like a hole do you put your face into, in you put your face and you fold it back oh wow and so it's like um, did that feel weird like having transitioning from being a UCLA yeah, college like, girl. Oh, I'm like, well, and then I went to Southwestern Law School here. So I was like, yeah. and I was like a lawyer. So I just been living here and, and I grew up and here. Hair was yeah, part of your routine and, and whatever. And then now I'm like covered, um, you know, and it's restrictive, like under your neck. And it would, in the summers, it was hot. In the winters, I didn't mind as much. It was mostly like cumbersome, right? Like it would yeah, get just annoying like bulky to just and kind be of... like always dealing with it. But like, that is what I think I always thought. And those were the questions I had for the women, which was like, oh, is it hard to be covered all the time? Like, I really thought that seemed so challenging. And it's like, well, no, that's just their norm. That's like not even what is hard for them. Things like I'm talking about is like the gap in education between the well, men and that's women. that's what like, I'm curious like, about. Things like that's what's hard, that like a because, woman who's educated has a hard time meeting a match. Because but also, well, because they're not as educated. Why, why are men not as educated? I mean, they're just like women are like bosses now there, you know, can they're women like, be bosses? Yeah. Women are bosses. Like there's women that are running like tech companies. Women's there's a woman that's in charge of like uh, this this um, uh, organization. It's like all the transportation in Iran. You know, it's like can a women drive job. Yeah. Women can drive. OK. Women could not drive in Saudi Arabia, but they recently changed that law. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, this year. So they can that. drive. But yeah, women drive. I started driving because like I couldn't handle like the taxi drivers asking me so many questions. So I just was like, and I, and I was just like, I can't. And they would like smoke cigarettes. Yeah, like garbage cars. Do people and, smoke a lot everywhere there? Um, I mean, not at like school and stuff, but people people smoke. I guess like like our bars smoky or are there bars? No, so there's wait, no bars. There's I was no like, wait alcohol. a second, it's, it's a dry country. Is there no alcohol? Yeah, there's no alcohol. Okay, I think that you know. Do you think there's people that like secretly sneak it? Maybe. Well, there's like, you know, there's other like religions mafia. in Iran. Like yeah. uh, Christians are there and it's not, they're not Muslim. So they do drink wine. Okay. And so like Christians but it can't be sold anywhere. and they make wine and it can't be sold anywhere. Okay. It can't be bought anywhere. So if anyone is getting it, it would theoretically have to be done on like the black market. So it'd have to be like, uh, what was that? Prohibition style. Yeah, like underground. Bathtub. You know, oh, like, right, like they're homebrewed. So if that's going on, it's all homebrewed. It's, it's all homebrewed. Um, but, yeah, I, wait, we were just talking about, um, 
women. The things that are hard are not that women are bosses. Women are leading. It's not hard to get those jobs. It's not as far as harder for a woman versus a man. I don't. Who's of the same qualifications? I don't know how to. I don't know if I can answer that. Like, do you think that women, when you say women are more educated, do you think it's because women were like? at a certain point, the oppression drove them to have to strive for more to be like, I want to be respected. I need to prove to you that like, as a woman, I think that women wanted to improve their situations, their quality of life based on what they're like, forget about like oppression. I I don't think that was like, Oh, we're so oppressed. We want to change our lives. Just like if you're a woman anywhere, like let's say you were like a woman in a poor town in America. Yeah, you grew up poor, you, you don't want to be poor anymore. What are you gonna or you're just gonna like be a wife. Yeah. That's your only option, right? Like how are you gonna be but how are you gonna change your situation? So you're gonna have to work harder to change your situation. Because there's just gonna naturally be more opportunities for men. Of course. Naturally more opportunities for men to work. Work options for men also can include manual labor. Women can't do that a lot of times, right? So it's like yeah. if a woman wants to succeed then she needs to read more books. Yeah. And so they would, you know, just to like, I don't think it was, it's the oppression. It's that they, in anyone to improve their situation can do it through education. And then also that is um, partially like, you know, they, they become educated and they can change their whole lives. Cause then, yeah, they have more earning is it, potential. Is that like anyone jobs. can do that? Or is that still like with the, is the economic disparity the same thing? It's like, yeah, anyone can do it as long as you're one of these rich people. No. So what's interesting is that the women who are achieving success academically are typically coming from families that aren't. That don't have that as a background because they're striving for more. Okay. Yeah. So the people like that were at this school, most of them were on the lower economic, socioeconomic scale. And the people who are well off, they end up going to private schools because they end up growing up kind of lazy and they don't need to change their situation and they they have to just go to private schools. But the people who are going to these public schools and who are uber smart are usually lower socioeconomic backgrounds. Okay. Well, and then with the... And then they become like the lawyers and the doctors. For a while, it was illegal for... I mean, it wasn't... Women couldn't be judges, but then that changed like 10 years ago. Women can be judges in Iran. Are there, so there are women judges? There are female judges. Yeah, there was like a, actually there was like a female law professor from Ireland at my law school. I didn't really know her. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Really quick. Okay, so with the women's like, surpassing men in education like you said your friend who's just I'm one of the like smartest on people media, i'm looking for a photo to show oh it's it. okay um like your friend who you said is just so smart with the staying at home till they're married are there women who are just like staying at home never getting married because they just <laughs> yeah. don't find anyone who yeah i just yeah women i don't think they can i don't know if, like um, is marriage decreasing hardship Yes, because men, because men are less needed. Because at a certain point, I mean, I think this about marriage in general that I'm like, yeah, no, marriage made to me just across the board, regardless of, you know, where in the world. To me, marriage was like I was like, oh, that was a necessity for women. Like with whole, like with the with saving yourself for marriage was like, yeah, to trick someone into marrying you because you couldn't get a job that would afford the lifestyle you wanted to, yeah. to trap someone with your pussy. But I think that it's like maybe. A good. My mom used to say to me, "Marry for money first, and then marry for love." And I was like, "Mom, you'll love the money." No, like I want to be in love. And then yes. now I'm just like, she was a genius. She was really like on to something. Yeah, I'm just like, make my own money. I don't know, but but do you like? I mean, that do you like? 
I, I just really, I don't like, I want to not work. I want to be like doing all the creative things I want to do. I love wor- also having really nice things. I love working, but only like on in the field I'm in. But I cannot imagine not working. I feel worthless if I'm not being productive. Yeah, I think that like, I know what you're saying. I like, I agree with but that. But that's me. But I want freedom to do what you want to do yeah, yeah. want to do like i guess you, you're creating that with your with like, you've been doing comedy for how many years now oh like eight and a half yeah no i'm building that it just takes a lot of work i'm trying to show you i guess um I, oh this is a good example this is the this was like the covering i wore to school you guys hear that do, you, do just, you hear this photo yeah do you hear this um maybe i can post like a um, a picture of you if you have one or something or is that sure is yeah. that you that's me oh wow they also like photoshopped it and i think that was yeah that looks uh, like you actually um oh that's interesting yeah her face her whole face like you just like chin it's just like she described like you can see like a tiny bit of your this hair is like but... yeah this is the co- this is like the formal covering the magnet which would be covered um but you know if it was just me like regular you'd have your bangs out you could have, have like a bangs little bangs and i would have like a kind of a scarf and do they do that's just are like all the just... so both she's shown me are, she's like wearing black scarves or I mean, you could wear color can you wear color ones that, like you could wear people colorful. are color and in like in town that that's really strict covering was for um the school school and if you worked in a government building or anything if you had to go to a government building or if you worked in a government building or if you were a lawyer and you had to go defend someone whatever you'd need that but if you were in town like you saw my ted thing i had like red lipstick and red nails yeah whatever like it's not so just very strict for like government funded things what is the government now what are they like what do you mean like what kind of so it's an Islamic regime yeah so once the because there was no king anymore once the king was overthrown because he's all like throwing parties and like you know not giving a fuck about poor people caviar yeah so when he they were like overthrew him and then they brought the then the Islamic regime takes over it was the Ayatollah Khomeini and they you know there's now um Khamenei who's the supreme leader okay and so there's a supreme leader and then there's the president and okay. so, so president is elected, but the supreme leader is essentially like voted oh. on by like a board of this is people who those people were ultimately they were elected, but those are the people who choose the supreme leader. So they're sort of like representatives to vote until, like, on behalf of. Yeah. And then and then there's a president who the people elect. OK. And so the president and the supreme leader work together. And so, yeah, I mean, does one first, of them have more power than the other? Yeah, the Supreme Leader Supreme is like the... Supreme I mean, Leader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And then I would be... I was scared because I just thought when you do see stuff, you see like anti-America and like whatever. But then, I mean, even I went to this like prayer thing where it was like thousands of people and they were like chanting death to America. Whoa. And I was like in there and I was like... Yeah, death to America. Yeah, basically, you know what I mean? Like, better get part of this, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, because what are you going to do? You're not going to be like, you're going to out yourself. Yeah, you're like, middle. I'm not going to. But I remember just actually being like, oh my God, like, I'm going to die. Like, what is happening? It's like a huge mob of people. It was like this, the last day of this um, Ramadan is Eid al-Fetch. It's like the new year. And they go and the Supreme Leader is in the mosque and you can hear him. So the women are all, the men are all inside and the women are like outside. People are like bleeding out. There's like all these people and they're like 
chanting death, death to America. To America. Was, like, was there a certain incident or was it just like no, it's just let's regular. They're they just, just like, hate death to America. Wait, so they- and then I start freaking out, and I turn to the person next to me, and I'm crying, and she's just like, "What's going on?" And I was just like, "Um, from America." Um, my parents are Iranian, but I'm here. Does that mean you guys hate me? And she like this big woman. She like just grabs me, hugs me, and she's like kisses me all over my face. She's like, "We love you." Like, what are you talking about? We love everybody. That's just like that's that's like a a thing about the government. That is not about the people. Right. Oh. It's like we love you. And then like other people heard and come around the commotion. Everyone starts like hugging me like these people who were just chanting like death to America, death to America. Come. Wait, they're, so like, they're like mad me. at the American government. Yeah. OK. So the stuff that you see, it's like about which also who isn't at this point. Oh, no, of course. But then it's like, so does is everyone there educated enough that they're like they separate the government from the people? Or was was that different because yeah, you're not I- even like an Iranian, educated thing. It's almost Iranian. like um no, it's because of a human thing. Like they love people. And okay. the people of Iran love people of everywhere. And so okay. if you travel there, like I feel like when people like I look around so I'd get less like noticed. Yeah. But um if like you went there, like literally you would get people just that wanted to like take photos with you and like they would like want to say hi and they would want to like take you out show you around can Americans just go to Iran Americans Canadians and British people can go to Iran but they need visas and they need to go with a tour group and they need to be with the tour group at all times yeah people from other countries can go freely freely but any of those three countries you have to be with a tour group why is that is that because they're not like up to no good oh because there are well because the whole like cia bullshit and yeah so they're just like they want to regulate and then that's why like when there are issues like you know at the border there were like three people like randomly in the woods like camping on the border of iran like i mean what would that look like if like three afghani campers were like on the borders of like america like oh we're just camping it's like the same stuff happens in the reverse yeah and like people get like just recently they like american government arrested an iranian journalist who came to america she was arrested she's like in like custody and like nobody even hears about it on the news you haven't heard about it but if the same thing happens and some journalist goes to iran and they like have they like detain her to ask questions it's like it's the biggest deal well because they want everyone in america to think iran's bad bad so yeah, um, I was terrified, but then I started like making friends and f- feeling out the actual situation, realizing that like the people are so amazing, and, and then all these people have these stories. Yeah. And actually, everywhere in the world, like we all have these stories. Yeah. And if you share the stories, you realize that we're actually all just the same. So similar. So Farzana, the girl who wears this, she would wear like this outfit with the scarf and the manto that would cover yeah. her knees. But we'd go to the bathroom, and they would like you know they reveal their they would take it down and show me highlights in their hair or they would show me pictures from weddings and the weddings would be separated like men and women and they would show me pictures of these weddings where like they had makeup on or they would show me like eyeliner or whatever you know like they would show me and they're like different variations there are people who those people were more traditional and then there were people who were more like they did wear makeup and they did wear the shorter things like some people would like hide their makeup in their backpacks at the gate they would come no makeup and they get to the bathroom upstairs and they put makeup on Oh, wow. So there's like different variations of like people and like it's like rebelling, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Is the makeup thing, I mean, it's a rule in the government, but is it also like a thing that people have to hide from their families? 
if for, if they something? if you grew up in like a really traditional family, probably. Okay. And then there's like men and women can't be together unless they're related or married or engaged. How do they? And how do people, so people only meet through? Well, so they meet through family. They meet. You have through to be introduced school. through people. You could meet at school. You could though. meet at school, but then yeah. like, how do you get together? Yeah, so I guess they like just, if a guy's like, like, I like they're you. like studying together for a really long time and then eventually like especially if they're more traditional, they'll like you know, and then they'll go like for walks in the park and it'll be like innocent or whatever, they'll get to know each other. So they can't like a, a man and woman can be sort of have alone time. I mean definitely people in Iran like Yes, like I think that it's like not as strictly. I, I think that they date and it's not as like strictly enforced. You know what I mean? Yeah, obviously. And I don't want to. This is the stuff I don't want to go into like super details about. Like as I embark, I'm gonna like go there in like three weeks, and they're like waiting for me at the airport. They're like, so what did you say? What did you say on this podcast? We have it all. Oh, well, we don't have to talk about anything else. I'm just curious if you knew because like, um, that do, gap of well, you don't have to be no. So now there's social media and they meet in all the same ways and like I think they have like do they have access dating apps? to that. I know that the dating apps like I know that I even had seen people. This is so hard. I don't know if I want to go into it. Um, all right, we'll just move along. Yeah. All right, cool. That. Let's just skip the dating apps, but. Yeah, so I don't want people listening who know Iran to be like, oh, that's not accurate. And it, people get so up in arms about like what I just choose to kind of like stay like a not apolitical, like, yeah, yeah. Whatever, line. You're like but I'm people, just a traveler. Will be like, oh, there. Yeah, people will be like, oh, that's of course there's dating, and of course there's you know people have alcohol, people have dating, people or whatever, whatever. And they're like, whatever. I'm just like, oh, like, I don't have to be the. You're like, I'm not the person who's... But I did want to tell you that... Um, oh, so if they would... I mean, of course, there's... Um, there's all these different variations. And, like, what I learned during my time there was that, like, even those people who are super traditional, like, they wear the chador. That's, like, a black, mm -hmm. long cloak over that headscarf yeah manto and whatever they wear that over it and that's like a traditional cloth that they wear yeah because it's their tradition, tradition. of their family not because they're like radical muslims ah it's just not like what they grew up like, doing it's what people the women in their family yeah, did and that's what i didn't know like i would see that black chador and it was fear. is that the one with that covers the face no, nothing it, in no, there's covers no covers face. face okay it's just the one that's like it's just a long covering okay like all black body the whole the whole Oh, down to the feet. It's down to your feet, okay. and you see like swarms of women. Who but that's just like those. a traditional choice. It's just literally like the actual what it represents is like a tradition. Like if you wore like a sari, okay. And so when I learned that, and then I learned like, oh, the, these women, the same women with the chadors, like they have highlights and they wear makeup to the weddings, and they are wearing like she was like wearing a gold sparkly top underneath, and it's like they still like like that clip from Sex in the City where they're in the bazaar and they like go. Have yeah, you seen that one where they're in Dubai and they like seen that one. The Sex and the City two, the movie. Oh, I did not see the second movie. I heard it was awful. <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot of the episodes. It's but I did worth not see. like watching on like a binge. Okay. Day, if you're at home, they like, she's in this 
bazaar in like Abu Dhabi or something and like they see all these w- women and they get pulled into their like lair and they're they sh- they take off their clothes and they're all wearing like head to toe like Gucci and like they oh. care about where they're wearing it's just that they're covered for that's so interesting and so I saw that these women weren't scary and I saw that the people I would meet on the road and all these people I met like while I was living there going to law school there I just saw the people and I heard the stories and I thought they were so hospitable and so wonderful and I came back here and I was teaching and I was kind of like well I don't think that the way to bridge the gap is by teaching or like going to South Dakota and teach contracts, you know, and yeah. start getting like a tenure as like a professor here. Like that's not why I went to Iran Yeah, or like trying to go to do government stuff or policy. It's not really what I want to do. I don't think you can yeah. affect change like that. I want to tell these stories and I just want to reach people yeah. like normal citizens here with normal citizens their stories and so I'm just going to go back to Iran and I'm going to travel the whole country get and more stories. I'm going to get the stories and yeah. people are like you're crazy you're going to die like they're going to think you're a spy it's going to be terrible I'm like okay well I guess we'll find out and so I like went back to yeah. Iran and I like started planning this trip and I was going to do the trip and just write a book about it yeah and then I Instagram, it was like 2014. Okay. I think Instagram started like what, 2012-ish or something? Yeah. And I just started posting, I just picked the name Stories of Iran and then I just started posting like photos of stupid things like a stray cat or like the taxi driver and this is a story and like, oh, there are lots of stray cats or this is the kind of bread you can get and the bread's yeah. different in each region and like I had all this knowledge because I was, I had gone to law school there yeah, and then I there. read a million books about it and I taught comparative constitutional law and Islamic law and so I knew all this stuff Yeah, and then I went and traveled to see all this stuff because what really explains Iran to the fullest is this very geography the climate differences Mm -hmm. and it explains why the people of each place are the way that they are Ah. so people who are like grew up and were born raised in the desert area where there was no water and no agriculture they didn't have crops that were going to feed their families so they had to get like business savvy yeah okay and they're like businessmen and they started like creating an industry there and like buildings and like bringing tractors they were doing that kind of thing yeah people who were like in Esfahan that's like a city that was on the silk route and they were like had a huge bazaar and like buying and selling like trade that's like a huge thing there yeah all the people of Esfahan have kind of like this bizarre mentality like negotiating and buying and selling and then they go into handicrafts like making all these beautiful like you know tapestries and hand painting like ceramic or hand painting metal or copper like they'll make like they'll take um you know copper plates and they'll like carve out designs into copper and they have rugs and all that stuff comes from like Esfahan because they had to make these products because it used to be on the Silk Route so like that shapes like who they are yeah and then in the north they are have lush agriculture because it rains a lot there Mm. so then it's like they have so many crops and so much to live off of so then they're also kind of like super chill and relaxed because they didn't have to work as hard as this guy in the desert like yeah we just got crops we that's how we they're like chilling you know yeah and then all of the all of the people are shaped and and uh are the way they are because of where they grew up where they lived and all of that comes from you know like um this history of iran that i knew and so then 
when I went to see it in person, it really brought everything together. Cause then I was going to take this trip and everyone's like, Oh, you're going to travel Iran by yourself. Like you're going to literally, you're going to get killed. And I was just like, were you I scared? Think, yeah, of course. When, peop- when, when people, when keep people going, keep going, telling you like, you're going to die. And you're like, wow, thanks. You're like, well, and nobody had really done it, you know? And yeah. Like, Oh, no woman is coming. Like, you know, like, and then people would say, if you see, uh, people like speak to them in, a, in an accent, thicken your English accent so they think you're a tourist. From like um, England? Yeah, like, or no, no, no. Like um, when I speak in Persian, yeah, increase your accent so that you they sound don't. more foreign. So you they sound- don't think you're like this Iranian. Like they, they might be nicer to you if they think you're a total tourist. Oh, uh, okay. Speak in English. Don't even speak in Persian. You know? Yeah. And then they'll be like, okay, she's a tourist. They oh, that's interesting because that wouldn't be my instinct. My, right. But, that's instinct, my- but they were like, no, like to go alone as a woman. Like it was really like people were like really setting me up. But then I learned later, like Iranians are kind of like tend to be like paranoid and nervous in general before things. And like. I just was like, okay, well, we'll find out. And then um, I just went and I did 30 days in the entire country. I hired like a tour leader and he basically like he had planned this whole trip and he he was like the tour leader and he like drove us to all these places. But um, he really wanted to like show me like the history and like the these like monuments and I was like yeah yeah like take me to where the people, the people. are like, yeah. I wanted to talk to the people and I wanted yeah. to meet people and he would like so we would like clash and then he, that stuff like that he was like this traditional man and he was like oh like I think he was like kind of like low-key like thought I shouldn't be doing this because uh, I was like a woman you know what I mean so yeah, we yeah. had like conflict there and I was like no like I paid you you are working for me like I am Good. like your boss I want to go take me to the bazaar I want to go there I want to like talk to people and start talking to people and then I started posting the videos on Instagram or the, the pictures with the captions yeah. and then that turned into the TEDx talk and then that turned into and then I got a following on Instagram just yeah. by posting like I think the like one woman um she posted my thing on her page and then the guardian did a little bit about it like an inst- instagram pages in iran and oh that's great um, i got like a thousand followers in one night and i was like wait i think it was something happened and uh and started getting traction and then like in magazines and stuff and oh, that's great i did the ted talk and then i um but you know throughout the whole time yeah like people Anytime I wanted to take a trip, people would be like, oh, it's dangerous as a woman. And then I just started like driving places by myself okay, and staying at hotels by myself and like exploring places. And, and you never had any issues with never. like, no, no. I mean, I honestly like I got like two speeding tickets, like the freeways were like the I-5, you know. Okay. And like maybe like if, you know, guys would see a girl driving like they would like. What was it like when you were in high school and guys would like speed up next to you and like honk and like try to get your attention or something? Yeah. Sometimes like that in certain places like northern Iran, it got a little more aggressive than I would have like liked, but never like dangerous. Never like. Just like aggressive catcalling type of yeah. behavior. Like in Italy. Have you ever been in Italy? Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Or they just follow you? It's too much. Like it's you're not going to woo much. me. It's like you're, I'm scared. So you're going back. I'm going so then yeah I did all that and then I hosted this tv show there and that was like my dream life because I'm hosting a tv show yeah what happened traveling Iran why I just wanted to I'm from here I wanted to live in America okay and come back and like just you know the things that are hard the one of the hardest things about Iran was like people stare at you all the time 
everyone's kind of like I don't want to say like nosy but I guess nosy they're yeah. just so curious they're always staring I think that's what it would be like if you were a famous celebrity everyone's looking at you like staring at you yeah and it's kind of like you have no privacy so if you like anytime I just did anything, anywhere to just anywhere driving I'm driving everyone's looking at me everyone and all like just because you're a woman on your own no just because they're always looking at everybody Oh, everyone's just wants to everyone's know what everyone's doing. Everyone's just looking at everybody, but it's staring and it's really intense. Like if you go to a restaurant, like imagine like, have you ever walked into like a quiet room and like everybody turns around and like looks at you and they're like, wait, and then you go and you sit and they're watching you till you like yeah, sit yeah, and yeah. you're like, ah, it's so uncomfortable. Like That's you ever that showed up late to a work exercise class or something, oh, God. yoga, and everyone's like, you know, like yeah. looking at you and you're like pretending that you're not like there yeah you know and it's like I like open the door to my bar class and like the whole class turns around and I'm just like I I actually freeze I think because I'm all like like, "Uh." you didn't see me that's what it feels like you're around everyone you go to a restaurant you show up and you're everyone's just staring at everyone staring you but I would come home like crying about this because I just felt so uncomfortable being looked at yes and a lot of things just felt things that like weren't I don't know. I would take a picture in like a bakery or yeah. a video in a bakery for my thing. And then like the manager would come out and be like, you have to erase that or something or like, you know, like every things were like, that's People the kind of shit that like, stuff. yeah, that's the kind of stuff that like made me crazy. And I just wanted to be back and I wanted to like, I wanted to be a TV show host, but just like also live in LA and go to bar and soul cycle. And like, yeah. those are the things I missed, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm just like, and yeah, like there are no, um, bars or restaurants like you know there's there are restaurants yeah what's the social life like it's just, just like people you have to basically in order to be social you have to get invited to parties okay. so you have to meet all the Gina's you know what I mean yeah and then you got to get invited and then you go and then it's like I'm Gazor's daughter yeah and if I even walk if someone walks me to my car at the end of the party it's people like, like oh, she went home with him uh. and then it's like blasted like everyone in Tehran like knows like Gilda went home with so-and-so and it's like does that that didn't even happen a yeah and b like it's like my dad is like this cabinet dude who like worked hard to have this like reputation like do i need to go like destroy his reputation with like stupid gossip of like what i'm doing on a saturday night like yeah i just that's the kind of stuff that felt really high school because mm. there's like the elite people you know and then like you go to like let's say you're at like a social gathering it's like everyone's like Oh, where are you from? Like that was like the cool thing. It wasn't like here. It's like what do you do or whatever. Yeah, you're people wanted to know like, what, what part of the country you're from. Or what? No, like they they're elite, so they've all they're all kind of like have lived overseas. Uh, so they want to know where overseas have you been? Oh, do you know okay. Living like, like where are you from? That's the thing. Oh, okay. so then when you're in this like elite group of people, you have to get invited to things, and then it's like. I don't know. I think people didn't invite me because I did host this show for the Iranian government. Yeah. So they're like, like, um, uh, we're not trying to give her like our like, we don't want you to see where we are. Government show lady. So that was a thing. And then also like, um, yeah, I don't know. And then also just things like they have, um, it's not like what you see is what you get. You know, Mm -hmm. I went to Iran thinking like here I was abrasive and I was aggressive and I like didn't have a filter. And I was like, I'm going to go to Iran where that's my people. They're all going to be unfiltered. Yeah. They're all going to be aggressive. Yeah. And then I went and it's actually like they've really figured out how to have like 
and this like duality of the public and private persona yeah it has roots dating back to like thousands of years where like even Zoroaster who is like this like ancient religion Zoroastrianism was a religion had like this black and white like this duality there you go stories of Iran with Gilda Gazor Uh, lots of cool insight on what it's really like over there Uh, maybe that helped you overcome some stigmas you had uh, I keep pausing for planes, but I think that maybe there's an airplane convention in the sky by my house, so I've given up. So you can just hear those in the background, um, if you can hear them in the background. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes, share it with your friends, because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big thank you to John, Gene, Kathy, and Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. Uh, I couldn't do this without you guys, uh, so thank you for supporting my art and my work and keeping me sane and being my friends uh, through the interwebs. If you want to join the League of Extraordinary Idiots and be part of our monthly Google Hangs, get postcards from me on the road and have even more content from me, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. Never hurts to support art. Uh, Maybe you like a podcast more than mine that isn't mine. See if they have a Patreon. Give them a dollar a month. Support some artists. Um, We're all starving, which... um, isn't necessarily bad for my weight loss plan, but probably not a great long-term goal. Follow at Blessed Podcast on Twitter and see if I tweet. Uh, if you want to add faces to names, Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram, where I actually post pictures. Please keep in mind that no guest is... Clo- or Jesus. Here we go again. Please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. So while Gilda had cool stories of being Iranian and visiting Iran, she does not represent every person from Iran. So keep that in mind with her and with all my guests. If you have additional questions for her or you have a topic you'd like to hear covered, someone specific to interview that you think would be good for that topic, send it over to me. Uh, Facebook group is the easiest way to do it. Ignorance is blessed idiots. Or send it to ignoranceisblessedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that email address to send your questions and have them be completely anonymous from anyone else. If you have dumb questions that you want the answers to, but you don't want to be judged for being so, quote, dumb, send them my way. Um, And I'll do the best to deliver what I can. Keep asking questions. The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. Isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots.